Well, look with me, if you would. I'm going to get to the Scripture, and I'll just skip through it some. But 1 Corinthians chapter 16. (laughs) 
seems a little more quiet, and I guess that's all right. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. I know some storms are coming to our nation. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But we're going to have, in the midst of it, an army that's going to overcome. You know he's coming for overcomers. How many of you know that? He's not coming for those that, that were just smooth sailing. You know, they avoided all of the challenges and trials. And, you know, it's, it's not going to happen that way. He's coming for those that overcome. To them that overcome. Now, what makes an overcomer? You have to have something to overcome, right? So that if you and if you understand, he went all of the letters to the churches in the book of Revelation. They all had something to overcome, and there were some that he was more he boasted in more than others. But they all had to repent, and they couldn't get proud. Those that thought they were something had nothing. The Lord said, remember the church of Laodicea. You guys think you're rich and increased with goods. The truth is you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. And that should be our position today. Lord, we really don't have all of this together. We're really poor, miserable, blind, and naked. And we need you more than we've ever needed you before. And if we'll take that heart position and open the door, he said, I'll come into you. And sup with you, and I'll be with you, and all of this. Now look in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 16. Everybody in 1 Corinthians 16. I'm not. But I'm there now. All right, let's look at this. And I'm just going to hit on some things and pray for an impartation. We don't want anything. We just want all that He is, all that He has, all that He's doing. We want Jesus. Say Jesus. We want Him. He's the focus. He's the main thing. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the one. All things are going to be consumed, wrapped up in Him. He's going to be the focus, not men. We're not even going to remember some of the names of those that God used, but we're going to remember Him. We're going to remember Him. He's the star in this hour. So anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 it says in verse 9, For a great and effective door, say great and effective door, has opened to me, and there are many, what? Adversaries. Now think about that. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. I believe a door has opened up for us. A door is opened up over our nation. A doors. But unfortunately, the second part of that scripture, you can't, you can't erase it. There are many adversaries. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, look in verse 13, and we'll just read that, and we'll come back in a moment. But number one, he says, watch. Be alert. Be awake. Stand fast in the faith. How many of you know we're going to have to stand fast in the faith in this hour? Because there are many alternatives to standing fast in the faith. And the others are not that, not that desirable. So we stand fast in the faith. Be brave. We're going to have to be brave in this hour. And then he says, be strong. Verse 14, let all that you do be done in love. And then in verse 15, there's a real key. 
and what you're to be doing, and that is being devoted to the ministry of the saints. And in my mind, that's what we're doing on Friday nights. We're just devoting ourselves. What better thing do we have to do? Being available for the Lord to touch people and to have His way being devoted to the ministry of the saints. So let me just um, pray, and then we're going to go back and look at this. Lord, I thank you for this morning. And God, I thank you for what you are doing in our nation. God, I thank you the devil will not have the final word. We thank you your word will endure. That your word will triumph over every word of the enemy, every plan and scheme of every adversary. Lord, we thank you that we can trust, we can turn to you, and there's hope. There's always hope. We thank you for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, that this gospel is going to be preached all over this land and in nations all over the earth long before the end comes. We thank you and we honor you. We give ourselves to, your, to the person of Jesus and to your purposes for this hour. And we thank you, God. We're going to stand fast in the faith in the midst of these adversaries. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in this text, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And some of you may know Corinth was a capital city. It was a very important city. It was a commercial, you know, place. There was a lot of things going on, trade, because of its strategic location. It also was a city that specialized in sin. You know, immorality was on the rise. And uh, you ever heard the term, that guy talks like a sailor? You know what he's talking about. He's, he's vulgar. You know his language. Be careful, that man talks. I'm not pointing at you purposely there. You don't talk like a sailor. But you know, that I was thinking, there may be some sailors in here watching online. That's really, you're giving us a bum rap. All sailors do not speak that way. You know, we have to give them the benefit of doubt. But then there are others maybe saying, no, you're probably right. You are right. They do speak that way. They speak much worse than what you're trying to explain. But there was a saying in Corinth, and it was known as to live like a Corinthian. And if somebody accused you of living like a Corinthian, it was not a compliment. It might have been a compliment to the Corinthians, but to the believers it meant you were vulgar, you were perverse, immoral, and uh, you probably as a believer wouldn't want to hang around that person. Now there were other things going on in Corinth. I mean, just by reading the, the book, you know, First and Second Corinthians, there were divisions among you. Factions. You know, the devil is a master at creating factions. Division. You divide a husband and wife, what happens? You destroy the marriage. You divide children from their parents, you, that relationship is hurt. There's, there's a break in it. I've, I've met people that they're still divided against kinfolks, like a brother or maybe an uncle, and they won't speak to them. Now, where I come from in Louisiana, that's ridiculous. I always, I mean, I met people, anyway, I've just met some people. Yeah, they won't talk to their, like their cousin or their relative. And to me, I just, to me, that's foreign. Because if you're a relative, you're a relative. If they're, you know, mess up, you love them anyway. But I guess there's some people that they hold that grudge. You know, how do you destroy a nation? 
How would you, what would you think? Yeah, now you already know the answer. If you were creating a strategy, how would I destroy the United States of America? Because it is like one of the big prizes, you know what I mean? Where you would divide it. And uh, Jesus said something about a house divided. Do you remember what he said? He said, a house divided will not, shall not. He didn't say there's a possibility. He said it will not stand. And so it's just like the devil. And then also if you look in um, the Corinthians, you know they, they abuse spiritual gifts. And so that's why Paul taught about the position of spiritual gifts. And, but there was another problem that was glaring. Remember, they had a, a lack of love. Obviously, that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is in there. You know, and it defines what love really is. But the scripture today is, there's a great effective door open to us. And I can tell you, not only in this church, God has opened doors for you. He's opened doors over cities, over regions, uh, churches. And, but it's not a done deal that those churches are going to walk through those doors. It's not a done deal. You're going to walk through the doors. And I was thinking about that and just some things we need to understand. Four things about doors. One thing is there are man-made doors, doors that men open. Then there are doors that God opens. And often you'll have a choice as to whether you're going to go in the door you created yourself or somebody open for you or you'll wait for the divine door that God has opened. Ishmael is an example, you know, of that. Ishmael was not the door. And Pastor Todd went really well into detail on that one of the nights. Ishmael was not God's plan. And there, we know that you can get, how many of you know you can get ahead of God? You can get ahead of Him rather than wait. And we want the doors that God opens. There's a scripture that out of Proverbs chapter 18, it says, A man's gift... Or, a, you know, anyone's gift will make room for itself. And so God gives us a spiritual gift. We can either try to create our own way for that gift to be used, or we can wait for God. Because the Scripture says God, that gift will make room for itself. And then there are doors that present opportunities. A door is an opportunity. I had a dream this week, and I believe it just confirms all that happened and what I saw was just, it was, it represented two doors. One of them was closed and one of them was open. And I was, you know, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus said, Behold, I've opened to you an open door. A door that no one can shut. For you have a little strength. You kept my word. You've not denied my name. And I was thinking about that. You know, Lord, I have a little strength. But most of the times, you know, I have to muster up. More and more, the older you get, you don't have as much strength as you... Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? I have aches I used to not have. And now you can just lay in bed. Well, I'm not going to get up because I have an ache I used to not have. Or you can just get up and just fooey on the ache, I'm going to get up. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, I know what they're talking... I know what he... You have this treasure in earthen vessels... We're going to get a new vessel one day, a new body. But we have a little strength, you know. And there's another scripture in Proverbs. Listen to this. 
It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. There's one of the adversaries, the day of adversity. If you faint in this day, it shows your strength was too small. We'll talk about that. And then he said, you've kept my word. You know, most of America right now does not honor God's word. They don't want anything to do with God's word. Jeremiah talks about that. He said, behold, your word has become a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. So what are we going to do? Quit preaching the word because people don't want to hear the word? We're going to preach it louder because it's the only hope. Thus saith the Lord. America has to hear. Thus saith the Lord. If they say shut up, we're going to say it a little louder. Thus saith the Lord. And then if they tell us to shut up, I don't care. We're going to have to make a choice. Are we going to speak his word or are we going to remain silent? We're going to be held responsible for what we spoke and what we didn't speak in this hour. And we'll stand before God on that. Whatever he entrusts us with, he's, he's given a, he will give us a platform. And we've got to press on to the completion of that work. And then doors speak of invitations. You know, Revelation 4, after this I looked and behold, an open door. I believe there's an open door for us every day that we can, we can press into the throne of grace. We can live in his presence. We can move into him and we can encounter the Lord. You know, that, that's what the waters is about, I believe about. It's, you know, the, remember the angel that stirred the waters and the one that got in the waters, what happened? They were healed. That's how these meetings will continue. It's God's creating hunger. We just get the word out. Hey, guys, there's a pool open here. There's waters open and God's touching people. And he'll draw the hungry. And we've got to continue. And then doors point to a choice. Not every door that's open for you, you will necessarily enter. You've got to choose. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Now, we've... We've mentioned this many times, and sometimes I think in the back of my mind, you've said that before, but I'm not going to give into that because, you know, sometimes things don't, I mean, sometimes the light doesn't come on until you've heard something many times. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. It's just like getting the baptisms in my mind because of my religious mindset. I had to hear it many times. Now I'm absolutely convinced but I went through a little season, I wasn't sure about some of these things. You know, I had to find it in the Word, and I had to get with God. And, and even now, I wonder. We shouldn't really have all the answers anyway. But I've, sh I've shared with you many times the Scripture that says, Many are the called, but few are the chosen. You know the difference in those. Because all of, how many of you have a calling? Raise your hand. If you're a believer, you have a calling. Say, I've got a calling. Well, what will qualify you to be one of the chosen? You, you answer the calling. I've always thought about it this way. It's like a revolving door. And before you walk through the door, you'll see the word called. You've got a calling. That's just the way it is. But once you go through the door, and you work through the little angles to get through that revolving door, you turn back around, you'll see the word chosen. The chosen are the ones that respond to God. They walk through. You know, you can uh, choose not to walk through a door. You can wait too long. You can hesitate. You can say, well, I don't know if this is really God. Yeah, but it's in the Word. Yeah, but I know. I don't know if I really feel led. 
When somebody says they don't feel led, you should give them a pencil and, and say, look, feel the tip end of that pencil. You know what that is? Lead. You know, you can miss the door because you're preoccupied with some other door, some other entrance. And you, that can happen. The devil is a master of that, creating other things that sparkle and look like, boy, that's, there's your dream, there's your gold. That's usually not the gold, it's usually the cross. That's the altar. It's either the cross or it's the, that which, you know, is, looks like it's the gold and all of this. It's usually by way of the cross. And you can also turn back. In fact, it's always by way of the cross. Not usually. You always have to go by way. And then also, you can just turn back because the resistance is too strong. I can't handle this anymore. You know, you could tell God, God, I can't handle this. Get somebody else. You know what God will do? He'll get somebody else. It doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. You're just not going to fulfill that which God had for you. God's going to have somebody in this nation. Is that biblical? Esther. Esther, deliverance will come, you know. But who knows if you've not been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. So anyway, there are man-made doors versus God-made doors. You usually have to wait for the God-made door. But an inheritance gained too fast is not going to be worth its weight at the end. So you want to wait. How many of you love to wait? I don't know. I'm not that impatient of a person. You can ask Shirley. Patience is not one of the greatest things. Maybe that's why I have to wait more. Because it's supposed to be part of the fruit of the Spirit. And God's not going to give up on me, so He'll send more challenges. So I'll learn to wait. Wait. It's a godly thing to wait. Sometimes. And the other time, forget the waiting. Jump. Because doors present opportunities and you've got to move. When the... Steve Hill, you remember he said this. Surely you remember, I remember in Pensacola, and I've, I've used it before, but Steve Hill's the one where I heard it from. There's nothing new under the sun. He'll be glad I'm quoting him. In fact, he's part of that great cloud of witnesses right now, Steve Hill. He's no longer on the earth. But he said, the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts during the lifetime of the opportunity. You've got to move when the opportunity is there. And then their invitations to join the Lord. And uh, we shared this Thursday night. My spiritual father, Jack Taylor, of all the things he said, one thing I'll never forget, he said, Son, you want to be successful? Find out what God is doing and get in on it. If you get in on it, you're going to be a part of the success. So it looks like to me God's moving in Dawsonville, Georgia, there's a mighty move of God taking place, and it's spread to, to New Mexico and Texas and Virginia and Pensacola or somewhere else, I don't know, in Florida, but many places, Pennsylvania. But there's one more thing about doors, and that is with the door will come, according to this scripture, many adversaries. You got it? Now, I'm not, I'm not finished yet. In fact, I'm just getting into the meat of it. 
But Paul said, there's a great, effective door open to me. Now, he could have stopped right there, and it would have been okay. You know, just, okay, that's enough. A great, effective door. That's the faith movement. Man, I got this great, effective door. But he had to finish the rest of the story. It's like Paul Harvey. Here's the rest of the story. And there are many adversaries. Now, the word adversary means contrary, oppose, repugnant. That's one of the, the meanings in the original language. It's repugnant, incompatible. Do you see the lines being drawn in our nation today? There's, there's that which you know is the will of God, and then there's the other side which is totally incompatible. There's no getting along, no compromise. It means resistance. Let me show you another scripture. Keep your finger marked. We'll come back. Look over in Romans chapter 16. Romans 16. Verse 17. This is a, something else to keep in mind. In fact, everything God said is something to keep in mind. I told um, Todd at lunch the other day, it still blows me away when I'm reading the Bible. Most of the revelation I get is I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just reading God. I'm just telling you, if you just make a habit of reading God's Word every day, God will speak to you all the time. And even the times you think He's not saying anything, He said something, you just hadn't got it yet. Because when, when, God's, when the Scriptures speak, God speaks. So read the Word. You say, well, I'm not hearing from God. Open the book. Jesus is the Word. And now I know there's the rhema, there's the logos. Understand all that. But you can't get the rhema unless you get the logos. So get the logos in your heart. Get it in your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God will speak to you. Verse 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary and avoid them. For those who are such, they serve the, their own, or the, who do not serve the Lord Jesus, but their own belly, they, have, they come with flattering speech. In verse 19, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Now, the word simple means innocent. That's a good, we need to hang on to that for this hour. We want to be wise as to what God is doing and not so wise about what the devil is doing. And we need to know just enough so we can see the difference and be able to speak into this, this day. And we want to be relevant in the hour. We don't want to be a church that has nothing to say with what's going on in this hour. We want to say a lot, but we want to say it from God's perspective. But we want to focus. In other words, here's another way to say it. Keep the main thing the main thing. Even baptisms, that's not the main thing. It's just a tool. It's just a mode. It's just a point of contact. The main thing is what? Jesus. That's why we worship. That's why we're even doing this. The main thing is the main thing. But then look in verse 20. Now, this is a great promise. I like this promise. And the God of peace will crush. Somehow I like that word, crush Satan under your feet. And then the next word I'm not so sure of, shortly. I would have, I would have said 
immediately. But he said shortly. So what are you going to do? Well, the next part, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And so until the shortly is dissolved, stand on the promise, walk in the grace, and say amen. Does that make sense? I like the word, the meaning of the word crush. It means to crush completely, to shatter. I don't know if smithereens is a word or not, but that's what comes to my mind. I'm going to crush you to smithereens. Is that a word? It might as well be. It is. Well, the God of peace is going to crush to smithereens Satan and all of his works. Means in the King James to break in pieces, to break in shivers. Maybe that's where we got smithereens, bruise to bruise. But what do you do in the meantime? What do you do during the shortly? Here's some options. You can, you can quit. Give up. Throw in the towel. Pray to go home. No, this is not the time to go home. Now I know Jesus will come back. And no man knows the timing. But my own hunch is he's not coming back yet. Why would he deposit all he's been depositing in us? And in the church worldwide just to take us out of here. What do you think he's doing? He's depositing in us what's going to be manifest to the world. He's going to reveal his glory. One more time. And plus, if he came back too soon, there's a lot of lost people. And it's God's will. I already know it's God's will that none should perish. And that, none should, that all should come. Now we'll all know we're not going to follow that universalism, you know, the doctrine. It's a false doctrine penetrating but we might, we're going to act as if it, it's God's will, period. We're going to believe as if everybody would get saved. Everyone has to choose. So go back to the text now. And here's, here's what we have to do in this hour during the watch or the, the go-between, the shortly. Because he's going to crush him. But here's what we're to do in the meantime. Number one, we're back in the Scripture, right? Are you back there? I will get there. You ever had somebody make you miss where you are? Well, it ain't going to happen in this hour. We're going to follow our king. All right, so a great and effective door is open, and there are many adversaries. So what do you do? Look in verse 13. Number one, watch. What does it mean to watch? Stay awake. Stay awake. Be vigilant. Be watchful. How many of you know we're to be watchmen and watch women? We're just what? Period. We're to be on the watch in our communities. False prophets come along. What are you supposed to do? Just ignore them? You watch. That's why most, a lot of the New Testament was written to counter the teaching of the false prophets. If the watchman went to sleep, what would happen? False prophets would deceive the people. They would come in as ravenous wolves, dressed in sheep's clothing. So you got to watch. you got to be listening to what they're saying. There's a scripture. It says a false witness, basically, will be destroyed. God's going to destroy the false witnesses. But he that hears will speak endlessly. You see, the devil knows that if he can just... Propagate if he can spread propaganda or falsehood 
We know that false witness eventually is going to come down. But those that hear are going to repeat it endlessly. And so gossip and untruth is spread through churches across the land. So how do you do? What do you do? Ignore it? No. You lift up the standard, which is the truth. When CNN promotes something that's false, if the church remains silent, how many people will be deceived and live their whole life in deception? It's the church that has the answer. The church is the pillar and the support of the truth. When we hear false doctrine, we have to stand up and say, no, that's wrong. God's truth. This is what God said about it. And we got to shout it louder than we've ever shouted because the deception is growing. But we got to be awake. Romans 13, 11, and do this knowing the time. Pay attention to the times you're living in, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And so we got to watch. We need to have open eyes this morning. I mean, if you want to take a Sunday afternoon nap, that's good. I might do that. Because I had to get up early to take Todd yesterday. And I'm finding out that he wants to be at the airport way early. He's one of those guys. That want to, I'm the kind of guy that wants to get there about, you know, just enough time to get through the gate and make it. I don't even like to sit down and wait. Just, just go straight on. It almost cost me one time. And uh, anyway, but I'm glad I married Shirley because she likes to get there early too. She follows the rules. So I, you know. Anyway, Todd likes to get there way, way, way early. So what am I going to do? Say, no, Todd, no. I, I brought him. Now, you can take an afternoon nap, but don't sleep spiritually in this hour. Stay awake when you're sleeping. Be on the watch. Be alert. If for no other reason, you know, one of the main adversaries is the devil. In fact, I think he's the chief adversary. It says, your adversary, the devil, walks around seeking somebody. Who's he seeking? You know, there's, there's three people. They're not people. Three different sources of seeking. The devil's seeking. Those in whom he can devour. God's seeking. What is he seeking? Worshippers. He's seeking those who will worship in spirit and in truth. Isn't that what we also to be? Seekers. Seek ye first. The kingdom. So we're to, we're to be seekers. The devil is seeking. God is seeking. And we got to stay awake. And then the next thing is stand fast in the faith. Watch and then stand fast in the faith. That means stationary. All the contrary winds that are blowing across the land in this hour. You don't want to be tossed by every wind of doctrine. You want to be one that's standing firm when everybody else is being shaken. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we're to be those that persevere. Those that are not moved away from the hope that is within us. Is that not right? That's what I mean. You could think of many scriptures. Stand firm. Stand fast. In the faith. And, uh, you know, the word for faith, it's the word speaks of persuasion. and Be moral conviction. Truthfulness. Don't move away. That salvation. The trust. The constancy. And uh, we want to be those that don't back away no matter what. This past Thursday was bring your Bible to school day. How many of you knew that? The media is not going to shout that too loud. It's the Christian media that was shouting it. 
tried to. But there was a one of my, not a hero, but a sports hero. The quarterback of our, our team. He was promoting, you know, bring your Bible to school this coming Thursday. And then guess what happened? Now, I'm not in any way condemning this man, this quarterback. I'm not. It just was further evidence. But what he did, the LGBTQ plus community, did I get them all right, rose up in opposition. How dare you stand for the group supporting that focus on the family? So you know what the quarterback did. He backed up. And I was so disappointed. Now I'm not condemning. I'm sure he felt bad maybe after. I don't know. All I know is you and I cannot back up. You can't back off the truth. And because he backed up, then many people probably got an image in their mind of what focus in the family is all about when none of it is true. Focus on the family is not some anti-gay. They're pro-God. They're pro-family. They're pro-marriage. What's wrong with being pro-marriage? And that's why it's so important if God gives us a platform. So what it may cost you your job. If you read the book of Revelation, when they come in and they say, if you deny him, you can keep your job. But if you won't, you're fired. What are you going to do? Goodbye job. He said, if I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. You're not my provider anyway. God is Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. And I'll trust in him. So we don't want to back off. And then there's some other things that we're to do in this hour. Be brave. Be brave. That's what he said. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. You know what the word brave means? Now, I'm not in any way slighting the women, the ladies, but it means to be manly. You look it up in the Greek. I didn't write this. It means to be manly. Which means even the ladies need a little manliness. Maybe that's why there's such an assault against manhood today. We have so many wimps, and you see them all the time. You don't tell them they're wimps all the time. You might get in trouble. But there may be a time to tell them, hey, you're a wimp. You need to be manly, courageous. Stand. Don't back down. Can I just, let's do it. We got to go back real quick. Then we'll finish up. But go to uh, Isaiah 32 real quick. This was the definition of, of what it means to be a man. Now, Greg from Germany is the one that showed us this revelation. But we got to shout it. And I'm going to speak it over the airwaves. Shout it abroad. Because we need some men to be men in America again. You know, we need the ladies too. Thank God for the women who interceded, who cried out to God on our behalf. And God's raising a powerful preacher's women. It's, I'm not, this is, has nothing to do with that. I just know the word means manly. Now look in chapter 32 of Isaiah. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice. Now here's verse 2. Here it is. A man, say a man. 
Here's what he's to be in today's society. A man will be a hiding place from the wind. In other words, a man should be so standing in place that he is, what we sung this morning, he's like a hiding place. You can go to him and there's a place of shelter, a place of protection from the winds of the doctrine. They're standing against all the winds. And then it says, and a cover from the tempest. Cover also means a shelter. He's somebody that's providing a place in the midst of the tempest and in, in all of the storms that are breaking out. We need people to stand up and say, listen, there's a higher way. There's hope in this midst of this storm. And then as rivers of water in a dry place. How I many of you know we live in dry places? It's been awful dry around here. It still is. The ground is cracking. I understand rain may come tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe not. But regardless, we're living in a dry and thirsty land. And God's calling men, He's calling women, calling all of us to be like a river. That's what we want this place to be. We want to be known as river men and women. You know what I'm talking about? People come and they, they meet Jesus in the waters. And we just, I'm telling you, I was blown away by the people. Just, you don't want to say too much. Dylan, did you find that? We don't want to say too much when they're in the water. It's just like Jesus, touch them. You ask them why they came to the waters. And so then Jesus starts touching them. We just want to agree with what he's doing. And then we dunk them. But I like the ones that just fell out without being dunked. Did you have some of those that just kind of, that's, that's what happened to me in Dawsonville. No man pushed me in the water. I'm glad they were there to catch me because I would have drowned. Because I was underwater. And I was looking up at the light. And anyway, it was pretty awesome. And you don't have to do any. Well, you, some of you are saying, well, I didn't experience any of that when I was baptized in that pool. Well, the just shall live by faith. It's not about the manifestations. I'm looking for... The man Christ Jesus. The manifestations will come. Signs follow them to believe. I'm so glad Dylan preached last week on signs and wonders following those who believe. I understand someone came along our territory and they said they're going to be false signs and wonders. But we know all about We know that's going to be. If you chase after signs and wonders, you're going to follow the false. We're not looking for signs. We're looking for the Son of Man. And the followers of Jesus, the signs are going to follow in abundance. They will follow those that believe. So I, I rejected that, that I heard, and I'm glad you dealt with it last week so I don't have to deal with it. We're not following signs and wonders. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a bunch of them if I understand the Bible correctly. People are going to get healed. What are you going to do? Explain it away? This is a fault. This is the devil that just healed you of your cancer. Now, maybe there will be some of that in this time. The Antichrist. You know, that's who we're really up against in this hour. The spirit of Antichrist. And I know there will be false signs and wonders. That's why God, give us a little head start in this so we'll know the difference. You know what I'm talking about. So we'll know. Yeah, this is God. Now, I don't know. This lady that's flopping over here up and, up and down. I don't, it doesn't look like Jesus. I don't know. We're going to have to know the difference. You know what I'm talking about. He will give us discernment. We're going to be a team with one head. Who's the head? Jesus. He's the head. I better finish this up so we can get back 
to the scripture, were river of water in a dry place and as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. That's what a man's to be. A man, a real man, should be somewhere where people can come and just get under the shadow and say, you know, it's not that bad. I think it's probably better than I think. And the man will say, yeah, it's a lot better. Read the Bible. You'll find out it's not as bad as what the devil's saying it is. In fact, it's a whole lot better because we know who rules and reigns overall. And then the next thing is be strong. So we'll finish it up. Be strong. Now, you don't know this story, Shirley. But my friend, and that's where I was last week. I went to be with my friend Mike Godfrey and to spend the weekend with him. But, and I uh, just really wanted to. And he's, he's battling cancer. And anyway, this week... He said he woke up one morning and he read the scripture out of Joshua about be strong and courageous. It was 5.30 in the morning and he told his wife, you know, we're going to have to be strong today. And this is the way Mike, I hope I remembered exactly how he shared with me because I know he's watching down in Mobile, Alabama, so I want to tell it correctly. But they needed strength that day because he had had chest pains and he had to go Quickly, they rushed him to the same hospital that's right by Dolphin Way, Spring Hill, that big, big, big hospital. And um, his, he said, Widowmaker, is that like the main one? Yeah, the main artery was 99.9% blocked. Now, those of you that understand medical terms, is that pretty bad? It sounds pretty bad to me. He said, the doctor said, there's just a little bitty, 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 bitty crack. You know, and so anyway, on the way to the hospital, he just sent me a quick text. Would you pray I'm on the way to the hospital? And I'd just seen Mike a few days earlier, and he's one of the most precious men that I've ever known. Never known a man like Mike Godfrey. And there are men like that in the earth. He's one of the men that, that meets Isaiah 32 in my book. There are other men, too, that meet all of those qualifications. But anyway, I prayed... And as we were praying, we said, God, help Mike bypass the bypass. Bypass the bypass, God. Because that was their request. So you have not because you asked not. So we're asking, God, let Mike bypass the bypass. Because, you know, he really doesn't need to deal with all of the, that going on with other things. So you know what happened? He bypassed the bypass. 99.9%. And you know what else happened? God gave them the word. That they could stand on. Be strong. And that's what this word says to us. Be strong. Be strong in this hour. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You get your strength from God's word. God's word. You with God's word can overcome anything that comes your way. Greater is He that's in me. And I was thinking this week. You know, we're not just fighting people that want to undo us as a nation. This really is the spirit of Antichrist. And it really is seeking to gain a grip in this nation. And I understand that one day that will be the case. The whole world will worship and follow the beast. I'm not going to be able to, you know, undo what Jesus said is going to happen. But how do we know this is already that day? I see this as the Antichrist. Jesus, the Bible says there are many Antichrists. I'm going to resist this spirit with everything I've got. Because that's what the Bible says, your adversary, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
So what do you do about it? Sit down. Resist him, it says. You read the rest of that scripture. Resist him. Stand fast in the faith. Don't give him an inch. And we're going to resist the spirit of Antichrist. How are you going to do that? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And his word that lives in me. I'm telling you, his word will not be undone. You can take my life. You ain't going to take the word of God. Because you take my life, the word of God will endure forever. And I'm going to speak his word and stand on his word. So we got to be strong. You're going to face widow makers one day. I'm going to face them. What are you going to do? Okay, Lord, I guess I have no hope. No. Have hope. Have hope. God's with you. Almighty God is with you. What are you, a wimp? No, you're a child of God. Now, is it your time? Well, let, let God take care of that. But believe God. Believe for the greater. I met, uh, if I can remember this correctly, where I was, we were also with the, the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. He's the cousin, Mike's cousin. And Coach Harbaugh was sharing with his team, and he was giving them a little pump talking. He said, my dad, how did he put this? He said, my dad, now his brother is the coach of the Michigan Wolverines, the two Harbaugh boys, Baltimore Ravens, Michigan Wolverines. So uh, their dad, their brothers. He said, our dad used to tell us, attack this day with, a, with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And he would tell them that all the time. So now he's a coach, and he's attacking every game with an enthusiasm. And he explained what he meant by unknown to mankind. It's an NFL coach talking this way. He said it means the Holy Spirit. Because if it's unknown, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to have something more beyond what you know. Now his team lost the game that day. But it's not about winning and losing, it's about winning and learning. He told them that too. It's a good thing he told them that. Because they needed that. But you and I need to know, we're going to have to have something unknown to mankind to survive in this hour. Well, guess what? We have it. He's going to do abundantly, exceedingly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works inside of us. I'm telling, boy, if I, if I could drill anything in you this morning, it would be, lit, listen... You've been taking, you, your sights are too low. Your vision is too dim. Our God is much greater. You think he, if he could save a nation in the day, you think America's beyond hope. Not with my God. My God is greater. I got the God that he took down Goliath. And they, I know it was David had to use the, you know, the stones. He had to swing, but my God brought him down. And you got to have that kind of God. You can't have some, you know, God that was here, but, you know, wonder, you wonder where he is. You wonder where he is. He's right in the midst of you. And he's going to be right in the midst of the church in this hour. I'm actually excited about all the stuff happening right now. How about your view? There's an excitement. You turn on the news and you see, man, they want to they impeach him. They want socialism. I know exactly what that would do. They want all this stuff. Just like Mike. Now, hey, 99.9. It's big stuff. This is bad stuff. Let me tell you, I've got a God that's greater. 
Be strong. Be brave. And then the next thing is, the last thing is, it refers to love. Have love. Have love in all that you do. You look down, I'm not going to read that now, but look down in verse 22 of First Corinthians, uh, the next text, somewhere in there. Maybe it's the same chapter. Paul, Paul said something we don't say. You don't even hear it today. He basically said, let those who do not love you be accursed. That's what he said. What kind of love is that? In other words, we don't know the whole story. God's going to, his judgments are going to be made known in this hour. We got to shout that as well. But then the last thing that was mentioned in that text is how they were devoted to the ministry of the saints. And that's what this hour is all about. When the doors are open, you got to run through them while they're open. Giving yourself up for the purposes of God. Listen, this move of God is not about our entertainment. It's not about our comfort. It's not about our enjoyment. What if, one, what if they start coming and one Friday night I'm sick as a dog? Well, and what if I come in and I'm still sick as a dog? It's about being devoted to the ministry of the saints. It's about being devoted to what God is doing in the lives of other people. I tell you, we have such a comfortable Christianity in America. One of the things he's going to do is shake it up a notch. He's going to come and shake it up. I want a gravel road, but I was driving this morning. No, I want a paved road. I was thinking, man, in Africa, would they want paved roads? No, they just want to make a way through the jungle. I mean, it's okay to have a paved road, but we're going to send 500, whatever it is, 30,000 pesos to Mar to help them build that well in the Philippines. I know there was nothing. I thought 30,000 pesos was a lot of money. It's only 580-something dollars. We're going to send it tomorrow. We want to build them. We need to build more than one well. That's cheap for a well. There's a drought going on in the Philippines. So we prayed for rain Friday night, but now we'll send them money to build a well. It's about giving yourself up for others. Do we have any examples of someone that did that? Yes, Jesus. No greater love than this, than one would lay down his life. This next move of God is going to be about people not demanding the goosebumps, but giving it all up for the sake of the ministry of the saints and the advancement of the kingdom of God. And so what about you? Are you a part? Are you in with me? I'm, I'm taking advantage. I'm going for it. The Lord... I just think he wants to remind us it has nothing to do with the size of the crowds. Let all that hunger come to the, or those that are thirsty, come to the water. You just got to issue the invitation. And you got to be available. And so that's what we, we're going to do. And I'm telling you, he's not coming. He's here. He's here. Jesus is here. How do you know that? He's here. I don't know if you can define it. I just know He's here. 
And is he in America? You bet he's in America. You bet. And he's going to prove it. Is he in California? I mean, California. Absolutely he's in California. He's in the midst of his people. And God's got a big plan and a big purpose for this hour. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the earth. Thank you for what you're doing in our nation. Thank you for what you're doing today in this place. God, you're not just coming one day. We know that's a hope, but, God, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory now. And you're here. You're in our midst. You're in the midst of a people that believe. You already told us. what They ask you, what shall we do to do the works of him? He said, believe. Believe on him. So, Lord, we believe this morning. We believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. That he died, that he rose again from the dead. And he's living in the midst. He's living in the people of God that put their faith. Lord, I thank you that the harvest is coming. I don't care what they say. The harvest is coming. As you said, lift up your eyes to the hills, for the fields are already white unto harvest. So, Lord, I'm praying for laborers. We need laborers. Laborers, God. And I know they may be few, but I thank you they'll be hand-picked, well-oiled and anointed, vessels of honor, ready for the hour to do the bidding of God. Because, Lord, it seems like I remember the only ones that get to go with you anyway are those that did the will of the Father. There'll be many many that said, I knew him. They said, Lord, Lord. But they never got around to doing the will of the Father. And Lord, I just want to say, here we are. Send us, use us, everyone. Is that that's your prayer? Just lift up your hand. Lord, here am I. Send me, use me. Anoint me, equip me, empower me. Stir the gifts up that are within me that you already have given me. Stir them up, God. Stir them up. Every gift, every anointing. Lord, any well that's grown in any way, dormant, been stopped up, we declare, spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. Thank you for the life of Jesus that lives in us. Thank you the same Spirit that raised Jesus' dead body from the grave lives inside of every one of us. Thank you. There's nothing impossible to those that believe. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray for miracles. I want us just to stand, just to stand. Somebody had a dream this week. They said they saw God touching people with no one laying hands on them. Well, let's believe God. I'm going to start believing every word that I'm convinced is of God. You know why? You know what this is the year of? The year of the mouth. Right? Which means every word that proceeds out of his mouth, every word that he spoke that comes out of my mouth and your mouth, every word of the Lord is going to be fulfilled. It's the hour we're living in this calendar year, 5780, the year of the mouth. I know it's more than that. That's enough to me. I just want to hear what God's saying, and I want to speak what He's saying. 
So we just say, Lord, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come in this place. Thank you you did not leave us as orphans. Thank God you didn't leave us as orphans. Thank you, the Holy Spirit, here, right now, touching people's lives. The Holy Spirit never went anywhere. He's here. He's here. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you touch people this morning and that you do in this place, that you do online, those that are watching, what is unheard of to mankind. Unheard of, God. I pray physically the power of Jesus now would come and heal and deliver and save.